This episode of Ticket Volume is brought to you by us, Invigate. Get service operations under control in no time. Get one free month of our software solution by going to try.invigate.com. Ticket Volume is proud to present a certified KCS V6 trainer who got her start in administrative roles and catering sales and operations, as well as serving as part-time faculty at Oakland University before finding herself at Upland Software for almost three years in roles focused on capturing knowledge as part of acquisitions, a knowledge process specialist and KCS practice manager. Welcome to Ticket Volume, <laughs> news and information for improving IT experiences, I am your host, Matt Barron, and each week I get to chat with different leaders and share their insights on service management, technology, business, and this episode is going to be exactly that. I hope you're having a great day and a great week, and I also hope that you'll leave a comment or subscribe at Invigate.com slash ticket volume. Please get involved, help us improve, but for now, let's begin. Welcome to Ticket Volume, Lana Kosnick. Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for taking some time to be on. So you're in KCS, and I've had the mm -hmm. pleasure of having um, a couple KCS experts on fairly recently on the, on the podcast. And so mm -hmm. what I would like to do is get a little bit deeper with you because you're a trainer. This is stuff that you're teaching every day and going through <laughs> every day. So talk a little bit about that. What part of KCS is your job? Like what, what is the daily job for you? What do you, I mentioned acquisition. So what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. So I got my start in acquisitions. I'm in a different role now doing primarily training where I'm presenting the workshops that help get people prepared for their certification exam, as well as just kind of give nice overviews for both just folks that are in KCS shops or might be interested in it. Um, one specifically for leadership, people who might be interested in what happens after KCS, which is intelligent swarming. And then our one of my favorites, Michael's near dear to the heart, is the coach development workshop by uh, created by Dr. Beth Haggett. And it helps get, um, as you know, coaching is such a big foundational element in KCS and developing those coaches. And how do we do that? How do we create the space that we need for coaches and manage people in the right way. That's that's really what we focus on in that one. So okay, um, I love. Yeah, the, my day to day is a little different now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And and I love that you gave me the benefit of the doubt, uh, but I don't. I don't actually know how are coaches involved in KCS. Like, what does that do? What like what oh. does a coach do? I could talk about this all day. So please let me roll. Let's go. <laughs> like, yes. Uh, I love coaching is really the way that kind of I got into KCS or that really interested me in wanting to go deeper into KCS and kind of make this more of a career move as opposed to just something that I do daily at my job. Um, coaching is for in a KCS environment is peer to peer. Ideally, so you are uh, working with somebody at your level and you are work walking through um, your KCS workflow and how to do the things that uh, we're asking you to do daily to make sure that KCS happens, right? So we're, there's the workflow that we learn that we make for our environment. So this is how we do the things that we do. You know, you open up your ticket management, you go into the ticket, how do you, what do you do next? 
how do you search this knowledge base? How, do, how does it work in our environment? So that's why it's really good to have it be peer-to-peer -peer because the best people to coach are the knowledge workers mm -hmm. themselves, the people who are doing the day-to-day -day job, right? Yeah. So. Okay. So, so in app yeah. development, they have this thing called pair programming. And the idea is that you're okay. both, you're both writing code. You're both contributing code. Mm -hmm. One person's typing, one person's watching. Um, I think there are lots of different versions of this, but mm -hmm. is that, is that kind of the same concept? Like you're both sitting there taking calls, you know, or, or, uh, working on tickets and you're both listening and you're one's creating knowledge. The other one is communicating and you're doing that together to kind of watch each other's back. So it can work in some ways where you might be doing like a mirroring or a pair type of thing, but typically like your coaching sessions are going to depend on your environment, right? So for us at Upland, we have 30 different products and a global team, and most of us are remote. So it's not where you can just sit right next to each other and work so that's why you kind of have to get uh i don't want to say creative but creative where there's a regular cadence there's a little bit of a structure to a coaching uh relationship and session and so for at upland we do it where it's every other week for 30 minutes but if you want people to kind of get into it faster it might be every week for 30 minutes might be every week for an hour. So it just depends on how long you want this to be string out. Okay. Okay. And the, the idea, the idea then is that you're, you're working with agents and you're coaching them so that mm -hmm. they'll develop their own habits and their own capabilities to then, you know, while you're talking to the customer and you're filling out the ticket, you're also creating knowledge at the same time and like learning from yes. your coach what to do. Yes, exactly. So as a coach, I, I'm also someone who will work tickets. So I know this workflow deeply. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, I've gone through the coaching program. So I've gone to the point where, you know, we have established competencies that we have to reach in order to move through our KCS role. So in order to move from KCS candidate to contributor, which means that, you know, now I'm able to uh, create articles that are support facing and publish them directly to support facing folks. Mm -hmm. My coach still needs to review things that customers see, but I've proven that I know enough and I've reached these competencies to move to this role. And then to publisher, I've proven that I am comfortable with our content standard and comfortable with our workflow to the point where I can do this without a coach checking in on me every other week. Got it. So it's all about it's all about cross training. It's all about everyone should know what each other's doing and then getting better at understanding the other person's needs and roles. Right. Okay. And it's kind of cross training because but really it's, you know, peer training. Yeah. So that's kind of the important thing there is uh, we want to make sure that knowledge workers are working with knowledge workers. They don't have to be on the same team or even for us on the same product because we're teaching them the workflow that everybody's working on. So we're teaching them how to do our KCS behaviors and think in a KCS way. So, you know, what's the most important things that we're learning? Capture. How do we capture things? How do I identify exactly what somebody's asking me and then search it to see if we already have that 
in our knowledge base. Okay. I really like right? the, uh, I re- and then add it. I really like the <laughs> scenario I painted before earlier where there's two people and one person is helping. <laughs> like, doesn't that kind of make more sense? <laughs> there's two people. So you have two people working side by side and one person is capturing while one person that is. That would be having- nice, wouldn't it? Well, I think everybody would love to just have an extra set of hands. I think that that's what machine learning. Oh, nice! Is a little bit, yeah. No, let's hope so. Let's hope that somebody the bots listening come to in and us. just oh writing gosh. it all out for us. Yeah. Um, well, maybe maybe that will be the day. I mean, someday that might actually be happening. I, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, we don't want to go off the rails on that. No, we really don't. <laughs> We really don't because there's Big enough topic. there's enough of that happening <laughs> yeah. right now. So yeah. What what brought you to KCS? Like what attracted you mm-hmm. to this field? Why why did you get started in this? Uh given your background, what 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 brought you to it? Yeah, so um what brought me to it was I was in catering sales and operations, working with brides and their mothers for 10 years. And then when the pandemic hit, it was literally illegal to have events. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a really great time for me to be like, do I even want to do this anymore? And the answer was absolutely not. So I was took about a year or so of applying at different places before I got a contractor position at Upland. And um, in that I was helping with these acquisitions. So at Upland, there's 30 different products and they grow by acquisition and acquisition alone. So getting new products constantly. And we were at a very, we were at a point where it was very, uh, it was happening very quickly. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of different products coming in at the same time and just not enough hands on deck to get those products integrated. Um, into our systems. So I came in and helped just on a contractor basis. And then that quickly snowballed into, okay, well, we need a coach to help get these support folks up and running too. So, okay, Lana can coach. And then that moved into a full-time position where I'm like the right-hand man for our KCS program manager. And it was a really fun environment. It's, It's exciting because I'm a little bit of a theory nerd. And the KCS is just full of it. So um, you get to have fun with the theory and kind of think all the time about all of the different practices and concepts laid out. And then you get to see it in action immediately. And you get to see the actual result quickly and how it can just free up people's time and energy and take away a lot of frustrations for support agents and customers. So it's really nice to um, be able to play with the theory and then see it in action. That makes a ton of sense because you're growing from by acquisition. So these, Mm -hmm. these agents and knowledge managers, they're they're probably already at their wits end with their own internal processes. And then they come in and they get this, uh, forgive my parlance, nerdy form of knowledge management. (laughs) That really is like theoretical and trusting Mm -hmm. and a bit more uh, like living knowledge as opposed to stale, stodgy knowledge. So, yeah, it's got to be refreshing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, working with the newly acquired teams, like you said, there's you have to be or I had to be very sensitive to what was going on with them. And coaching is a different um, animal than what 
a lot of people were used to. So if you're coming from a scarcity culture or a really competitive culture where it's dog eat dog and we have to, you know, there's only room at the top for one person. There's, you know, I'm only as valuable as the knowledge that I hoard. And it's all in my one note. So don't touch it. Don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, being able to kind of talk people through those feelings that maybe they don't even know that they're having or um, kind of unwind them into this new idea and culture of abundance and collaboration and working together. Um, and, you know, as a team, we get more when we work as a team. Mm -hmm. uh, it really, it was fun to see. And especially when you're able to back that up with the company that walks the walk and as well as talks the talk, like you have to, you can't just give people these workflows and this, these ideas and these theories without having the backing of your executive sponsorship, without your leaders also saying this is important to us and we're putting this as a, um, a framework, something to <laughs> yeah, guide framework. them, something yeah. to grow, something to guide them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're putting this in as a uh, priority. Yeah. I mean, you, you put it perfectly that, because you're growing by acquisition, these companies are already on the chopping block or the, these products are already on the chopping block. Either they're, they're not profitable enough or they're out of money or they're out of resources. And so someone comes in, Upland comes in and picks them up. And right away, you've got these, again, forgive my parlance, Right. Uh, those tainted goods, so to speak. And they, they haven't been in a place of psychological safety. They don't have right. support. They don't have even probably the tools and resources that they need to do their job successfully. And so you, you basically, you, you're getting them in, getting them set up, coaching them and then helping them heal. <laughs> right. That's a lot of it. Um, you know, with coaching, a lot of it is giving them space to, reach the, to get out of their own way and reach the goals that they want to reach. Yeah. So you're not able to really set goals as a coach. They have to set goals. You're there to help them reach those goals. There's always going to be this expectation that yes, part of coaching is that you're moving forward through these roles, or at least that you're engaged enough and working towards this particular goal that the company is setting or that the expectation is there. But ultimately, as a coach, I'm just helping them get out of their own way. And I'm trying to make sure that if there is something in their way, their managers know about it and can help with those roadblocks, right? So that's the role of the manager in a KCS space is to move those roadblocks out of the way. Make sure that people have the time to do what you're asking them to do. But also, you know, if there's a process that um, butts up against another process, we need to look at that. And not just like, oh, someone else will deal with it. Yeah. We need to figure it out so that they can do their job. Yeah, because nothing happens in a vacuum. You you always affect something, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And I have to say, like, a, like, some of the most talented, skilled people that I've ever met are coming from these acquired teams. Like, they have, you know, they're resilient from all of the things that they've probably been put through the ringer for. And also just, like... A lot of them are coming from either smaller companies that they've had to build up and they've just built up to the point where they need more infrastructure and that's not a bad thing, but it's also like, I just want to make sure that 
that said too that these people who have gone through it a lot of times are just so valuable mm -hmm. the institutional knowledge that they carry is important and yeah. it's not just because they're the only ones that carry it but it's because um they're able to grow with it yeah yeah they're the heroes they made it this yes. far right <laughs> i know <laughs> and, and it's not easy and and you're right a lot of times the knowledge is the value of the organization especially in the support mm -hmm. uh, organization and the support culture that is really yes. where, and and now that the so-called ais are here it's definitely even <laughs> it's even more uh important and more uh valuable so let's talk a little bit about kcs because you're a kcs okay. trainer so i gotta pick your brain right please please what are some of the key concepts like if you if you're explained like let's say someone's traditional knowledge management and you're just introducing kcs for the first time what are some of the concepts that you need them to grasp right away well the concepts like the way that we like to introduce it in the workshops is we'll introduce the um solve and evolve loop processes We'll go through each of those practices. So there's eight practices. The solve loop has four and the evolve loop has four. Got it. We'll go through each of those practices. And then we like to, once we've gone through all of those practices and how they work together, we like to wrap it up with um, the core concepts. We used to start with the core concepts, but we found that once we actually ended with it, people remembered it more and it was more like an aha moment. Like, oh, that makes sense. Now everything is connecting. I explain it like the last piece of the puzzle, putting it in and it's like everything works now. But the core concepts are my favorite and the, or there are four principles. There's 10 core concepts. I can go into those if anybody wants to. Let's do it. <laughs> like, Let's do it. No, no. Come to my class, come to my class and see the whole 10 core concepts, but the four principles are abundance, create value, demand driven and trust. So we can use those four principles to really filter out any questions that get asked because in any KCS environment, if you are, you're going to be constantly asking questions. What do I do with this? This is a weird situation. How do I handle this? And how do I do this in a KCS way? Well, are they, going with these principles? Are we coming at it from a place of abundance or scarcity? Are we afraid of not putting this out there because then they have it and I won't? Mm -hmm. That's a problem. We want to come at it where more knowledge is great. Will they share more, learn more, right? Are we creating value? So are we working the tasks that we need to do, but are we also thinking about the big picture of how my tasks fit into the bigger vision? Um, are we trusting our people? So are we trying to close things off because one person maybe made a mistake instead of teaching that one person and coaching that one person up and thinking of them as the exception as opposed to the rule, maybe we should come at it from a place of trust. Um, and then demand-driven, this is kind of been something that's helped me in my personal life too is just is there a reason that we're doing this mm. right so we're looking at just in time not just in case so when something comes to my plate i handle it then not think about all of the things that could possibly happen in any situation backwards and forwards and then make this giant book about this issue 
that no they had one simple question give them a simple answer <laughs> yeah i don't need to find them every answer about that subject and just no yeah so i like that just in time not just in case that really makes a lot of yes. sense because you're right i mean i've seen i've seen knowledge teams spend weeks you know translating hr policy into simple to read documents and mm -hmm. it, it takes a ton of time but in reality it's probably been asked a thousand times in tickets already you know mm -hmm. how much time do i acquire for pto time off um per week and that number has been put into a ticket somewhere already probably again a thousand times so mm -hmm. why not at that time capture that and make that the knowledge yep okay so that's exactly the example that's a wonderful example so just capturing things as you go and building that knowledge base as people question as people bring the question to you um so that there's still a really important space for product documentation and for you know product manuals and more formal knowledge management yeah you need it you need it that's important. You don't want to, KCS is not trying to get rid of it. We're trying to work alongside it. And the way that I like to explain it is with KCS, um, we're reacting. So knowledge is the byproduct of an interaction with KCS. It's not anticipating what we might need to know. Um, and product documentation is proactive. They are writing, how does this feature or function or tool or process work in the way that it's Thought to work applied yeah the way that it's put into practice more like with proactive documentation in the way that it's meant to work yeah and then with our reactive kcs documentation it's in the way that we're using it yeah i think about some of those products those consumer products where you, you kind of get two manuals you get the one where right. there's like three pages of warnings and you like uh mm -hmm. throw that away and then the other one is like stick the key in the ignition, turn it on. Right. Here's how you press go. It's all pictures. There's yeah. no actual words. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. knowledge management or well, policy kind of, and like, right. like CYA um, contract management in one. Mm -hmm. And the other one is like, okay, simple to use. Here's the answers you need. Get started now, that sort of thing. Ah, okay. Yeah. And so like, what I like to say too, is like, by having both at the same time, you have a more comprehensive knowledge management strategy, right? So if you have KCS, they're just filling in the gaps that people find or the little holes that they poke into the product documentation. Um, so if something's not clear or if it's, you know, there's one little process that people are asking about on a 30 page document, we'll just give them that one little process. We're mm -hmm. filling that one little gap so that it's able to cumulatively give them a more holistic knowledge experience, right? So we're helping people just in the way that they use it and also have the documentation for the way that it's meant to be used. So we can all be in this together. And the nice thing is too, KCS can inform some things in product documentation, right? So if you get a question enough times, maybe you add it to the manual. Mm -hmm. So. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, so you, you've got this history where you, you've been acquiring companies and you're moving their knowledge base, their wikis and their whatevers into probably like a central or a different knowledge base. What kind of advice would you give to teams 
that are managing big chunks of data like that. They, they discover that personal OneNote and they're trying to get it into the knowledge base. What, what do you think that looks like? So this is the part where I'm really dramatic in the training session and I tell everybody to like sit down and put their hands like on the desk and like put their feet down and like take a deep breath. And my answer is that what do we do with legacy content is start with an empty knowledge base. Don't migrate it over first. So you make the legacy content read only. So people still have access to it. Yeah. You're not cutting them off cold turkey, but you're teaching your knowledge workers to capture the con the context of the request in a KCS way in a structured format so that it will be findable and usable later because if it's not in the context of the requester we're not going to be able to really find it or use yes. it and that legacy context or that legacy content is not in the context of the requester so we want to go in and get what we need from that legacy knowledge base in a read-only fashion. We can copy and paste it into the new knowledge article that we're making in the context of the requester Got it. and then keep it demand-driven. So we're only moving over what we need when we need it. And we're doing that as a team. We're not having one person sit there, copy, paste, copy, paste, mm -hmm. because it's a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> Because think about it, nobody's probably audited that full knowledge base forever. So you don't even know if what you're pulling over is going to be used. And so this way you're auditing it in real time and it will take a little bit of time in the front end, but in the back end, you'll be able to reap the benefits a lot faster. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, so it, yeah. it's just like old school when we used to not have knowledge management and it was <laughs> a set of books and manuals. Mm -hmm. They were, they were read only because all you could do right, is read. read only. Yeah. It's like, here's a book. And so then you, you take that and you're like, oh, this is super useful. Put that in to the knowledge base and then you've mm -hmm. got it for reference. Kind of the same, the same idea. So I've got one more question yeah. for you and that is, mm -hmm. What do you, what does good look like in KCS? Like what, how do you mm. know that you've got it in place and that it's working well? What is the feeling? What are the outcomes? Yeah. So the outcomes of a good KCS, um, good KCS <laughs> or a successful KCS adoption will be, you'll see operational efficiencies. So you're going to have, um, you're going to solve incidents faster because you're able to you have that workflow and you have the knowledge and the knowledge base already there, right? So you're able to solve known incidents faster because you have that mm -hmm. information, you can give it out mm -hmm. um, quickly. And it's the most up-to-date and the most accurate because you're always reviewing everything as you're using it. So if we're in a constant state of review on demand, then whatever we have is the most up-to-date and most accurate for the group and not just for me. Um, and an increase in first contact resolution because you're able to find the information quickly. Uh, we're also able to like optimize our resources more. So the whole point of KCS is not to get rid of support agents or to lower our support folks on that are working on the teams. It's to just flatten it, mm. right? So we don't need to add more folks as we grow. Historically, we'd have to just go together where we're adding as we're growing, but this we're able to flatten it and we're able to realize that cost benefit 
um, because we're more efficient. Okay. Um, yeah, some other ones are self-service success. So we're going to see people actually using, so we're going to see customers using self-service and having success with that. Um, so what success looks like should be defined by your team beforehand. Um, but a good indication is like they look at an article and then don't open a ticket. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they look at an article, they don't make a call. Yeah. Or, you know, there are also explicit things where, you know, you can vote yes or no. So was it helpful? Yeah, it was great. Um, and then we're also able to provide organizational learning and development. Right. So that comes into uh, when we were talking about putting new information into our product documentation. We're developing things. We might be able to catch bugs faster and bring those over to our development team. Um, I like to say for our KCS program managers, it's good to keep a running list of things that you've suggested as an enhancement request. And then see when when you requested it if or when it gets applied and you can then kind of prove your value. Like, look, we've brought this to the attention of the development team based on the information we're pulling from our um, efforts here. So we're making this a better <laughs> space for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Better product, better processes better everything yeah yeah all the life cycles all the ecosystems that are related to knowledge mm -hmm. then thereby improve right exactly okay fascinating that's yeah. a very fascinating uh perspective but it kind of makes sense because a lot of the a lot of the metrics and measures that we already use in knowledge management and 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 the related processes like incident problem change uh, feature enhancement mm -hmm. that sort of thing right you know they're all so dependent on it that if they're not improving, then then you're doing something wrong. <laughs> then it's not, then you're right. Then there's something that we need to address yeah. in, in one of those processes. But um, yeah, those are the kind of things. But, you know, also you're going to feel a culture shift yeah. in a KCS environment. So, you know, we have leadership style, that newer leadership style versus the old school management style. Mm -hmm. We're trusting people. We're collaborating um and that trust goes a long way right we're also uh with having that coaching program we're kind of without really trying to we're kind of putting in our own little mentorship game here so um you get a lot of benefits from just having the space and time for people to grow and work together and do the right thing yeah yeah, it's a mindset shift. Yeah. I love how you brought it back yes. to the four principles. You're like, uh, is there mm -hmm. more trust? You know, are right. are are you creating value and and are you feeling like there's abundance? So, fantastic, yeah. Lana. How can people <laughs> get in touch with you and learn more? Yeah, so you can uh, reach out to um, L Kosnick at UplandSoftware.com or KCS at UplandSoftware.com, and I'll be so happy to talk to you. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks yeah. for being on Ticket Volume. Thank you. And for the rest of our audience, did you know that you can join us for a live recording? Register today at TicketVolume.com and click on register. And thank you for listening. You can change and improve this podcast by DMing me or leaving a comment or emailing us TicketVolume at Invigate.com or just put it on the internet. I'll probably see it. 
And speaking of ticket volume, did you know that this podcast is brought to you by Invigate? It's a fit-for-purpose service desk solution with integrated asset management designed to let you focus on supporting your organization without arduous implementations. In fact, IT teams from Toyota, NASA, and McDonald's use Invigate to manage requests, automate workflows, and centralize inventory data so that they can focus on delivering better service. Because good service is good business. We'll